this this is this is not healthy. People stand and wait all day to have their questions answered. You sit all day answering questions. You're going to get tired. The people are going to get tired. This is not efficient. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. So set up a system where you teach teachers so that they can turn around and go teach others. And he gave them a whole detailed plan. And then he said, ask God if, this, if he agrees, if God approves of this plan. And God did approve. And a section of the Torah was named Yisro. He was eternalized. His name was eternalized by having a, a, a parsha, a weekly portion of the Torah named after him. I think the moral of the story, at least one of them, <clears throat> every character in Torah, every one of them who is mentioned in the Torah, particularly when they're mentioned by name, something they did or something they said is relevant and, and instructive for all generations to come. It will always be relevant. It will forever be true. It will forever be useful. Because if not, they don't get mentioned in the Torah. Because Torah is eternal. So there were many, many more people in Moshe's life who don't get mentioned. And they may have been great people. But whatever they were great in is not relevant for all generations and for all people for all time to come. Now, Yisro is a bit of a mystery. What did he do to deserve to be mentioned, quoted, and a Parsha named after him? Okay, he did a few good things. That doesn't get you into the Torah. He voted against enslaving Jews. Okay, he was a decent guy. Why is that an eternal lesson? But look at how he coined the phrase Baruch Hashem and it's been quoted and repeated forever. His effect is everlasting. So every, every character in the Torah remains relevant if it looks like he's not relevant, then we're not understanding the story correctly. So I think we've spoken about this before. Why is Pharaoh 
mentioned and quoted more than most more than most characters in the Torah. I'm not I'm not a, completely sure of this, but I would venture to say Pharaoh is quoted more than Yitzchak, more than Isaac, certainly more than Noach, and more than Adam and Chava. So what is so special about him that he gets quoted so much? Now that whole story could have been told in such, in, in so much uh, more concise and a briefer form. Simply say, 10 plagues came against Egypt and after each one of them, Pharaoh said no. Why, why every conversation? Moshe comes to Pharaoh and says, tomorrow there's gonna be this plague. And if you don't let it go, you're going to have that plague. And, and, Mo, and Pharaoh said, okay. But then he changed his mind. And he said, no, I'm not going to let you go. And how many people do you need to go? And how far are you going to go? And why do you need all your sheep? What, what is all that for? You want to tell us that the Jews got out? Well, cut to the chase. Nine plagues did not convince Pharaoh to let the Jews go. After the 10th plague, he let them go. Two sentences, enough. Obviously not. Every conversation, everything Pharaoh said is recorded for posterity. Must be a lot of significance to those conversations. The significance is Pharaoh represented at that, at that time the cutting age the cutting edge of the age. It was the most advanced country, the most advanced civilization, the most advanced in science and in medicine, in all sorts of knowledge. They were very um, prolific, a lot of writing, a lot of hieroglyphics. They were, they were the future they were, they were the, the pioneers in every field. And when Moshe said, we want to go into the desert to serve God, his argument was, what good will that do? You're going to go into the desert, isolate yourself from the rest of the world. No one will ever hear about you. You will affect no one. You will affect nothing. You cannot build uh, the future. You cannot build technology and, and, and medicine, hospitals and science. You can't do that wandering around in the desert looking for God. That's such a useless pursuit. So no, I can't let you do that. It's irresponsible. Pharaoh wasn't just being cruel. He was making a very strong argument. We are the future. We are building the future. We are advanced in every field and in every science. You want to go out into the desert? I thought you were smarter than that. And what are you going to do to your people? 
turn them all into Bedouins, wanderers, living in tents for the rest of your history, amounting to nothing? Sure, you're working hard, but you're building the future. Isn't that a good argument? Isn't that the same argument we hear today? <laughs> so what are you going to go off to yeshiva and become a rabbi? What a useless life. Get a degree in something. Amount to something. Well, look at what's happening. Back then, Pharaoh and his ancient Egypt disappeared into the museums. Ancient Egypt is a great, fascinating mummy. There's nothing left of them. But the Jews who went out into the desert and wandered around for 40 years, they're winning all the Nobel Prizes. They're in the forefront of modern technology. So who won that argument? God did. God basically said, follow me and you will have a great future. And nobody could understand how that's possible. So on blind faith, the Jews followed God into a desert <clears throat> where we say, wow, they trusted God and went into a desert without food and without water. Wow, that's an act of faith. It wasn't the food and the water. It was the message of Pharaoh ringing in their ears. Go into that desert and you will, you will, you will amount to nothing number of times in the desert, the Jews thought, you know, Pharaoh was right. What are we doing here? Wandering around in circles in a desert for 40 years? What kind of life is this? So his argument, Pharaoh's argument, has always, has always been a challenge. Every modern development raised the question again. Most recently, communism. Communism came along and said, we've got to revamp the whole system and make it more equitable and, and, and liberate the workers. So, of course, everybody jumped at it. That's the future. It lasted about as long as the enslavement to Egypt. We were slaves, actually slaving, for 80 years under Pharaoh and for 70 years under Stalin. And then it all fell apart. So that is the moral of the story. We do not live by bread alone. The victory is not to the swift, nor wealth to the smart. It's all in our relationship with God. <clears throat> That's, that, is, that is the message. And so, like Pharaoh, who turns out to be a relevant evil,
uh, Yisro turns out to be a relevant blessing. Every character in Torah remains highly relevant to today. If you enjoyed this conversation or this topic, and you're looking for more information, or you want to hear it again from another angle, there's a way to do that. And that is in this book. It's all there. Order it from Amazon. You can read it, reread it, and share it. We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal. It's questions and answers. It's conversation. It's really relaxed. It's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program. There's a um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it, just conversation, casual, laid back, unscripted. So join us, take a look, click uh, the link below and see which, which of the three suits you best and join us for some enjoyable conversation.